Hello and welcome to the American Sheep Industry Association's Research Update Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Thorne. Hopefully you all were able to join us for the annual ASI meeting that just wrapped up in Denver a few weeks ago. Once again, it was a great event filled with updates, education, discussion, networking, and an exciting announcement that in 2024, the National Animal Health Monitoring Systems Unit, which is part of USDA APHIS, is turning their attention to the U.S. sheep industry. Upcoming is the collection of a very comprehensive survey on animal health and industry practices, which will provide critical data that impacts decision-making of leadership, research, and production. I am really looking forward to asking our guest, Dr. Natalie Urey, a veterinary epidemiologist and the NOMS Sheep and Goat Studies lead, about the details of this massive effort. Thank you, Dr. Urey, for joining us today. Great. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited to update you on the upcoming sheep study. Great. Now, before we dive into uh, some talk on the study, uh, would you please provide us a little more background about yourself and your role with uh, USDA? Sure. As you said, my name is Natalie Urey. Um, I grew up on a small sheep farm in Michigan where I raised 4-H lambs and a variety of other livestock, mainly with my grandpa. Um, I really enjoyed my experience with the lambs and decided to pursue a degree in animal sciences at Colorado State University. While completing that undergraduate degree, I really liked working with the farmers and better understanding their needs and challenges, um, especially as it related to bilingual communication and worker safety. So because of that, I decided to continue my education with a master's in public health and a doctorate in veterinary medicine there at Colorado State University. Um, As we all know, vet school is very expensive, so I accepted a scholarship with the USDA that included internships. One of those internships was working with the National Animal Health Monitoring System, or NOMS, and I started working on the Dairy 2014 study at the time. Um, I worked with NOMS through vet school and was lucky enough to enter full-time employment with them once I graduated. At that time, Dr. Kath Marshall, who was um, the sheep and goat studies lead, moved into the NOMS director position, and so I was I was able to take over as the small ruminant study lead. Uh, since then, I've been working on the goat 2019 study and now the sheep 2024 study. I also collaborate regularly with the sheep and goat health staff and act as a subject matter expert for the USDA on any small ruminant topics that may come up. Um, overall, I really love my work, and I'm so excited for the sheep study that we're starting. Excellent. Well, we're excited too. Uh, Now, maybe we could start at kind of the ground floor, if you don't mind. If you could please explain what the NOMS studies are and also maybe the overarching goals of, of these efforts. Of course. So NOMS began back around 1989. So 33, almost 34 years ago, uh, when the USDA saw a need for baseline animal health and management data to help guide some of the other USDA initiatives. So the first studies uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s were slightly different, but after those first few, they've all been pretty similar. So all NOM studies are designed in collaboration with industry and industry associations, and all of our participation in NOM studies are voluntary. We also pride ourselves on data confidentiality, both through SIPSI and confidential business information. 
Also, what makes NOMS studies really unique is that they're statistically designed to represent the U.S. population of the species being studied as a whole, which is something that really only NOMS and the National, or sorry, the National Agricultural Statistics Service can do. So we really pride ourselves on being nationally representative. Sure. So you mentioned uh, you've worked on the goat study in 2019, then obviously the sheep now, and uh, we're introduced in the program with the dairy study. Uh, what all different uh, livestock species are NOM studies conducted for? Yeah, so NOM studies have been conducted for swine, dairy, beef, cow-calf, beef feedlot, poultry, uh, my favorites, sheep and goats. We also do equine, bison, cervids. Um, We've dabbled in some aquaculture and then some small-scale studies as well, which includes our backyard animal keeping study that is occurring this year too. Um, We also do some targeted studies on various topics. Those include antimicrobial use and then our death loss studies, which are done in collaboration with wildlife services. Also, when there are study needs by the USDA, um, we're often asked to help, such as case control studies for the recent high path avian influenza outbreaks. So we cover a wide variety of commodities and topics. Okay, so obviously 2024 is a sheep study year. Can you share with us a bit about the phases of this study and and maybe the timelines associated with the data collection? Sure. So we started planning and preparing for the sheep study back around 2020, and we finally hit the point of data collection, which is always an exciting milestone. The data collection for the NOM Sheep 2024 study has two phases. The first phase is completed in collaboration with the National Agricultural Statistics Service, or NAS, and is occurring now through the end of February. So if you receive mail from NAS, please open it and complete the questionnaire. The title will be 2024 General Sheep Management Questionnaire, and it has NOMS on the right-hand side of the paper. In the last section of the questionnaire, we ask if you would like to participate in phase two of the study. So phase two is targeting operations with 20 or more U's. If you select yes to this question, you will be contacted by a representative from USDA's Veterinary Services. You will then work with them to schedule a visit to your farm to complete a second questionnaire that focuses a bit more on disease management practices and to complete the free biologic testing if you would like. Phase two of the study will occur between April and July of this year. So even if you can't schedule a visit right away due to conflicts, don't worry. You can always schedule the visit for later in the summer. Okay, great. Uh, So obviously you mentioned phase one includes collection of data from producers. Uh, How are producers selected to participate uh, in this portion of the study? Yeah, that's a great question. So producers are selected from the NAS list frame. So NAS uses a variety of information, including the Census of Agriculture, their January sheep and goat surveys, and other information to build a comprehensive list frame of producers uh, to receive that phase one questionnaire. So from that comprehensive list frame, we've selected just under 5,000 individual producers to complete or to receive the phase one questionnaire. Then anyone that completes that phase one questionnaire and has 20 or more U's can participate in phase two. And everyone that agrees to participate in phase two will be contacted. Okay. Now, I realize that surveying uh, every producer is not necessarily realistic. Uh, Is there a a benchmark number uh, that you want to contact? You you mentioned the 5,000 people in the initial list. Uh, Is that a certain number that you want to hit in order to feel comfortable that the study uh, comprehensively represents the industry? 
Yeah, as much as I wish we could have everyone participate, it just isn't realistic. So when designing the study, we work closely with statisticians who tell me the number of producers we need to select based on the state and the flock size to ensure that we're accurately representing the U.S. sheep industry. Now, we know that everyone selected will not respond, so we use response rates from previous studies to help decide our sample size that we're shooting for based on the number of final responses we need. So in general, if we have greater than a 50% response rate, I would consider that good. Now, with the GOAT 2019 study, we had about a 60% response rate. Um, But with previous sheep studies, we've seen up to almost 70%. So I challenged the sheep industry really to shoot for that 60% or over. And I know we have a lot of great producers out there. And so this is really your chance to be heard. Um, So if you get that questionnaire, please respond and let's shoot for a really high response rate. I think we can beat goats. I I like the challenge in it. (laughs) Now, if if someone who uh, is not on the list wishes to be surveyed, can they still participate or is there some challenges with that? So unfortunately, no. I've tried to convince my statisticians for this for a while now. And maybe in the future, we can replace some of our non-participants with volunteer operations. Um, However, if we were to replace these selected operations, then the data would no longer be representative of the U.S. as a whole, especially because a lot of the enthusiastic producers who would volunteer tend to have really good management practices. And so then we kind of lose that national representativeness. Um, I will say, however, if you have 500 or more use, you should have been to select, been selected to participate. So if you have 500 or more use and you were not selected um, or you haven't received the information, please reach out and we can double check with NAS to see if you were on that selected list. Okay, great. Now, I, I know that there are a lot of, of smaller scale producers that have just a handful of animals or, uh, you know, a smaller flock and maybe in some, place, some cases don't use traditional marketing channels uh, to, to sell their animals. I, I have always wondered how the USDA goes about making sure that these producers uh, are accounted for in surveys of you know, industry size and scope. Yeah. Small scale producers are definitely a growing area, I think, in all of our industries, but especially in the sheep industry. So phase one of our sheep study targets operations with one or more sheep. So we have definitely included those small scale producers. I think they play such a unique role in the industry. Uh, We ask questions uh, regarding management and marketing channels used, such as on-farm slaughter, uh, that we expect to be unique for those small producers. So if you are a small-scale producer and you are selected, please participate. Uh, Your voice is just as important as those large farmers. I've heard in the past, oh, I only have a couple animals, so my data isn't really that important. Um, And in reality, that could be further from the truth. Um, When I'm looking at those questionnaires, and yes, I do review each one, uh, the information on those small-scale producers' questionnaires are just as important as the large producer. Also, because they make up a pretty large portion of the sheep industry, it's so important that their management practices and concerns on their operation be voiced. Yeah, absolutely. So you touched on it just a second ago, and and I want to ask uh, ask you to expand a little bit on um, what types of questions will be asked of producers. Yeah, so our questionnaires are divided into sections, and I want to state that there is no overlap of questions between the two questionnaires, so you won't be asked the same question twice. Uh, Some may seem similar because they are similar topics, but they're definitely getting at different information. 
So in phase one, the questionnaire covers a variety of topics, uh, including inventory, which is really important because that allows us to accurately calculate the percentage of sheep for a lot of the information we collect. We also covered general management, such as record keeping, training, the use of genetic testing or selection, feeding and housing management, shearing and wool marketing, movement and marketing of sheep, which I talked about a little bit earlier, uh, identification, which helps with the scrapie eradication education program quite a bit, and biosecurity and health management. So that's all that's covered in the first phase of the study. The second phase questionnaire, as I said, focuses a little more on disease and health management topics um, that were identified as concerns for the sheep industry. So for the 2024 study, the questionnaire covers breeding management, lambing and lamb crop management, a few questions on culling practices. We touch on operation biosecurity, sheep health management, and that covers things such as vaccination, diseases like OPP, Yoni's disease, and CL. And then we have a few specific disease concerns, uh, including GI parasites and lameness. Lastly, we cover diseases seen on the operation by age class of the sheep. And all of this information together gives us a really good picture of the main issues on sheep operations in the United States. And it helps us see improvements made as well, especially when we look back at the data from the 1996 study, which is the first sheep study. Um, I know we, we cover a lot in these studies, but since they only happen every 10 years, it's really important that we collect all of this information so we can compare back, you know, to the mid 90s. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you in, in a second to, to maybe look back in, in time and, and, and identify some trends that you're expecting this time. Uh, but really quick, it, it sounds like that uh, just thinking about the, the key production areas uh, that you're going to be asking questions on a lot on uh, animal health and uh, some challenges you know, from a management standpoint, if I'm following you correctly. Some of our main concerns, um, GI parasites and lameness, they were identified as main concerns for the sheep industry. So we, we have quite a bit of focus around that area. On top of that, um, you know, we have questions that focus on the biologic collections we're doing as well. So looking at enteric microbes um, and, and some diseases that cause abortion as well. And then, as I said, OPP, Yoni's disease, CL, we cover a wide variety of, of disease information that can be used um, from ex for extension and education and and research moving forward. Now, does every response uh, for every question get included in the final result, uh, even if something appears maybe to be uh, an odd case or from a scientific standpoint, extreme outlier? Yeah, this is why I look at every questionnaire as they come in. So I double check the data. If something seems off or doesn't make sense, I get to act a little bit as a detective. So I go through each question and it kind of helps me paint a picture of the farm. Uh, normally, I can use the additional information provided to figure out why one answer may seem off or if it was a typo or, or what was going on. If I can't figure it out, I'll reach back out to the person who completed the visit on the farm for more information. Um, and last but not least, if we can't figure out what is going on, it just doesn't make sense and we can't get an answer from the farm, then we will remove that data. But that's really our last resort. We like to use all of the data we receive, especially because we know it takes time to complete and we value every single response. Now, phase two of the study includes biological uh, sample collection. Uh, can you explain uh, maybe a little bit more detail the purpose for this and uh, exactly what you're trying to monitor? Sure. So NOMS is non-regulatory, so we aren't necessarily trying to monitor anything, but we are trying to help provide valuable information on the biggest disease concerns for sheep producers. 
So I'll start with what biologic testing we're doing for the SHEEP 2024 study. We'll collect a composite fecal sample to test for GI parasites and a drench right to look at dewormer resistance on a select number of operations. We'll do individual fecal samples to test for enteric microbes, and that includes E. coli, Salmonella, Campylobacter, and hopefully Clostridium. We're still sorting out the feasibility of that. Then we'll collect blood and serum samples to be saved for future research. And we're hoping to be able to use those blood samples um, to do scrapey genotype testing, which will be provided back to the producer as well. But we're still sorting out the feasibility of that. And then lastly, we'll be collecting interdigital swabs to be used for uh, testing foot rot pathogens. So Dicleobacter nodosis, Fusobacterium necroforum, and Treponema species as well. Okay. Do you have a target number of biological samples that you're hoping to collect and, and maybe, you know, why, why that number is important? Yeah. So we have a specific number for our enteric microbes as our collaborating lab. They can only handle so many samples a day. Um, ideally, we'll have around 350 operations uh, submit about 25 samples each uh, for the enteric microbe testing. For the other biologic samples, there's no maximum number, so the sky's the limit on those. Uh, any operation that participates in phase two can complete the GI parasite testing, the interdigital swab testing, and the blood collection. Uh, previously, we had about 10,000 blood samples that are then used for large research projects in the future, and that was from the 2011 sheep study. So, for example, the blood from that was collected as part of the 2001 and 2011 sheep studies have been used for prevalence studies on Brucella ovis, Mycoplasma ovis, Cache Valley fever virus, and for some preliminary vaccine development studies as well. Um, and for the blood that we're collecting as part of the 2024 study, there's already been some interest on using it to look at Yoni's disease, Cache Valley fever virus again to see if we've had any changes, uh, blue tongue, and then, as I said, hopefully the scrapey genotype testing. Yeah, that's going to be really cool to to see the results of that. Uh, are these samples, are they pooled uh, to get information at maybe like a regional level or statewide level or uh, across the nation? And, and perhaps uh, will producers, you know, will, will they be able to receive individual sample reports uh, for their animals beyond, uh, hopefully, the scrapey genotyping? So we do both of these. So all farms that participate will receive a custom individualized report that provides them with all of the biologic testing results. Uh, they generally receive these within two to three months of the testing. So they'll receive all of the GI parasite results, the enteric microbe results, and then uh, the interdigital swab results. And then if we do the genotype testing, they will receive that as well. So generally, yeah, that'll be about two to three months after the um, completion of the testing, but hopefully we can get it to them within the month. Um, but if we get a large amount of samples, it obviously takes a bit longer. This study, I've also worked to put together some individualized reports from some of the questionnaire data. So this is something that we haven't done before, but I think it will provide valuable information. So it will be able to compare their flock management practices with all the other farms that participated in the study. And everyone that participates in phase one will receive that information as well. Now, particularly thinking about phase two, uh, when biological samples are going to be collected, uh, you know, if a producer has been selected or agreed to participate in this portion of the study, who who will they work with and, you know, what can they expect to happen? Yeah. So as a reminder, if you've been selected to participate in phase one, be sure to complete the questionnaire and check the yes box to participating in phase two. And then everyone that agrees to participate will be contacted by a USDA veterinary services representative in your state. So I've worked closely with these folks for the last year, and they're all great. They're all veterinary medical officers or animal health technicians within your state. So they're local there. Um, 
However, this year, highly pathogenic avian influenza has kept them pretty busy. So if for some reason you haven't heard from your local veterinarian by mid-June, please reach out to me directly um, and I, I can provide you with my contact information. And that way we can make sure that everyone who was selected and checked that yes box gets a visit. Now, would I be correct in assuming that uh, producers uh, should not uh, collect samples on their own? So in general, we would have the producers work with the veterinarian or the animal health technician to collect those samples, especially the blood. However, if a producer is comfortable in collecting their own samples, we can get them the supplies and shipping materials needed to get those samples collected and then shipped off to the appropriate labs. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Now, the last NOMS sheep study uh, was in 2011. Uh, how is the 2024 study going to be different? And maybe what were the motivations for making these changes? So some of the major changes to the sheep 2024 study from the 2011 study includes adding more states and an additional region. So the sheep 2024 study has 30 states, whereas 2011 had 22. So the additional states are mostly in the southeast region of the U.S., uh, with the with more haired sheep being located in this region and different, differing management practices due to those climatic differences, we thought it would be really important to take a look in this region. Also, we've added more states to help ensure we reach all of those small-scale producers that we talked about earlier, um, since they're kind of located all over the U.S. rather than in our more well-known sheep-producing states. We've also added more questions around lameness and new health, as those were two main areas of concern for the sheep industry when we completed our needs assessment back in 2020. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask uh, and ask you a, a pretty vague question, but you know, based off of the results of 2011 or, or any surveys um, done previously, uh, was there something specific that you're maybe looking for this time uh, in the 2024 study? So for me, I'm interested to see how our health management practices have changed in general compared to 2011, especially when we think, think, think about things such as record keeping and testing, such as genetic testing and disease testing. I also generally like to see if we have seen increased adoption of technologies over time, uh, such as the use of the CEDAR. Also, we add questions about new practices as they become available, um, such as some of our integrative parasite management techniques that we know about now. Uh, since it has been 10 years, we know that some of our best management practices have changed. And so benchmarking the industry on where we are at in regard to the use of those practices now is really important as well. Sure. Now, out of curiosity, who designs the surveys uh, and, and makes changes or, or gives the nod of approval, if you may, to the final set of questions? So NOBS has about 20 employees, and all of us have our given livestock commodity or specialty. Uh, between the group of us, we form small teams for each study. So for the sheep study specifically, we have about eight of us on the team, and three or so of us worked on designing and finalizing the questions. However, this doesn't go without a ton of input from outside sources from the true experts. We work very closely with individuals at universities, folks involved in research, um, people within ASI, and others within USDA who work in the sheep and goat industries. Uh, so folks such as Cindy Wolf and Jim Logan helped in, with the questionnaire review. 
We reached out to individuals at the University of Minnesota to help with some of the questions regarding intensive lambing systems. Uh, we had a clinician at Texas Tech, for example, who helped me with some of our lameness questions. And then wool quality assurance individuals uh, reviewed the shearing and wool marketing section, just to name a few. Um, other folks, the University of Wyoming, UC Davis, Iowa State University, Colorado State University, they were all super helpful in reviewing the questionnaire. Um, honestly, I think collaborating with these experts is probably one of my favorite parts of the job. I can put together the questions, but I really rely on the experts to make sure we're collecting the information that is really valuable to the sheep industry. Now, I don't. I know you probably don't want to make predictions, uh, particularly without having the, the data yet, uh, but I'm curious about some trends you maybe expect to continue in this 2024 study, uh, potentially based off of the 2011 results. Oof, this is a hard question, especially without having the data, because I'm very data oriented. Um, I'm not one to speculate, but given the last study was in 2011, I think quite a bit has changed in the sheep industry. If I were to give it my best guess, I expect that we will continue to see an increase in haired sheep like we saw in 2011. I think we might see more producers marketing sheep directly to the consumer through on farms clouder and online sales. And lastly, in 2011, almost 90% of farms used identification on any of their sheep. And I'm hoping that that number is a bit higher in this study. In a general sense, are these trends that we're that you're observing in the sheep industry, are they similar to what is happening in other livestock species? This is a little difficult for me to speak to exactly. I, I've been involved with other studies, but really my focus has been on sheep and goats in the last few years. However, I would say in general, yes, we have seen most livestock commodities adopt those new technologies as they become available. And we have seen most update their management practices as education um, becomes prevalent. For example, we've seen more farms have a VCPR now compared to the first year that that went into effect. In regards to sheep versus goats, I would say the sheep industry has more experienced producers or producers with mentors who have experience. Uh, there are quite a few newer goat producers from what we saw in the 2019 study, and I think that really comes with its own set of challenges. Uh, finally, I think the sheep industry is really in a unique position to promote value-added products, especially with wool and milk, and even meat really compared to some of our larger commodities. Um, honestly, the ability for producers to market their particular product really makes me excited for the future of the sheep industry. Yeah, me too. Uh, I work in extension, so not surprisingly, I can hardly wait uh, to have this information available uh, as such a huge benefit, as you mentioned earlier, to programming and research and education efforts. So thank you. Uh, but with that said, when can we maybe expect uh, to see some study results uh, released? With this much data, it does take a bit of time. However, we try to get the information out in a variety of avenues as efficiently as possible. So I hope to have a couple info briefs that cover phase one, uh, the phase one questionnaire information that will be available by the fall. And hopefully I'll be able to prevent, present some of the information at conferences in the fall and through the winter. Ideally, we'd have the first report ready to go by the next ASI meeting in January. Um, however, even if it's still preliminary, I will plan to share a bunch of fun and exciting data at that meeting. Uh, the data will then continue to roll out through 2025. We'll probably be publishing info briefs, infographics, interactive reports, our large reports, and then manuscripts for peer-reviewed journals as well um, on those different biologic collections that we're doing. 
However, I do want to say if you work in extension and there is a specific data point you need, say for an education document or a grant, please reach out to me. Our clearance processes take a while. So it's likely that I have the numbers ready. They're just being cleared within the appropriate channels. So reach out and we can get you those numbers if you need them. Okay, cool. Now, you mentioned that you're going to be preparing some some manuscripts for for peer review and, and uh, putting together lots of info uh, briefs and whatnot. Uh, but you know, once the final data is collected, uh, what all does NOMS do in regard to further analysis? Or is it mostly uh, you know a goal to collect, uh, get the information into a, a releasable form, and then let others take it from there? So sometimes we do further analysis, especially with our biologic data. So we work with our laboratory collaborators to look at animal characteristics and management practices that are risk factors for diseases, and then we publish them as manuscripts. We also put together what I've mentioned are called info briefs, which are highlights of a specific section of the questionnaire that we found interesting. However, we have so much data that it's hard to analyze everything. So we put out there and hope that if someone is interested in looking at something further, they will reach out to us. Um, we, I, I personally love working with students who are completing masters or PhDs. Um, we work with the sheep industry to make sure future analyses and research from data collected as part of the NOM study are valid and relevant to the industry. And then we will work with those researchers to complete the project. So all of those blood and serum samples that we save, if anyone wants to use those, they can reach out to me. We'll submit a proposal to the American sheep industry. Once it's cleared, we can get them those samples and they can do these large nationally representative studies. Now, when the final study is released, where can folks go to find it? Yeah, so all of our information can be found on our website, which is www.aphis.usda.gov forward slash NAMS, N-A-H-M-S. Or you can just Google NAMS sheep 2024 study and it'll direct you to the page. Sure. And I'm, I would imagine that uh, if someone wants more information about the study before the results are released, uh, this is probably also a good resource for them too. Yeah, we have quite a few informational flyers up there and links to our two YouTube videos that describe the study and why you should participate in detail. Also, if anyone has any questions, you're more than welcome to reach out to me directly. And my email is just natalie.j.yuri at usda.gov. Okay. Well, Dr. Erie, I think that about covers it. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast and and sharing that information. Uh, I want to say a big thank you on behalf of the industry uh, for your efforts uh, in conducting the study. I know it's a lot of work, but this type of information is really, really beneficial at a lot of different levels. So, So thank you very much for doing that. No, thank you for having me. And I'm so excited for this study and I'm expecting great participation from the industry and I can't wait to see what the results show. Yeah, me neither. Now, longtime listeners of our podcast, we appreciate your loyalty to the research update. Uh, And if any of you are maybe joining us for the first time, we encourage you to check out our archive of episodes on your preferred podcast platform to get caught up on scientific efforts around the industry. As always, please share this or any of your favorite episodes on your social media to help us grow our audience and reach as many sheep enthusiasts as possible. Until next time, remember, eat lamb, wear wool, and stay up to date on the national industry. We hope this podcast can help make that happen. Have a good day.